What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Mad Talk Sports episode number 30. It's so nice to see you guys. Actually, see you. We can't see you, but you can see us. But your host, Joe and Drake, Mad Talk Sports episode number 30. That's right, Drake. It's nice to see you, at least. And you guys, I'm gl- I hope you're glad to see us because we're glad to talk to you today. Those of you on YouTube for the first time, thank you for joining us here for our first video session. Those of you on Spotify, you can still hear us all right, but now you can see us if you want to. We'll continue to come to both platforms and reach all of you guys because we we love all our fans here. Now, episode 30, we're excited for this. This is the Steph Curry episode. Gotta be. It has to be. Who's who's a more iconic 30? No one. No one. But our agenda here today, we will talk basketball. We got some NBA news. There's some changes to the league that we have to dive into and really, really get a good feel of. We do have some summer league to get into. We got an update on Dame for you, kind of. And we do have our next segment or our next next session of we've got a list this week. We are staying on the defensive side of the ball. We do have a little bit of NFL to dive into, which should be fun there. And we will wrap up today with a brand new game. Drake's excited about it. It's his baby here. So we got we got a lot of good stuff here. Definitely. So jumping right into it, we have a new in-season tournament that the NBA announced. They're going to be playing for the NBA Cup. That's right. How do you feel NBA about it? Cup. Well, NBA let's Cup. start with so, what it is. Yeah, what is it? Let's talk about what it is first, obviously, before we can say what we think about it, because maybe everybody doesn't know about it yet. So, first of all, it's an in-season tournament. I don't know how else to describe it. But all 30 teams, there's six little groups that they have, three on the east, three on the west. And all six teams are going to play each other once. And whoever has the best record is going to move on to the next round. And whoever has the second best record on each side is going to be the wild card. And then from there, they move on to the semifinals. And then whoever wins there, they go on to Vegas and play in the, what would you call that? The conference finals, I guess you could say, kind of, yeah. The quarter cup finals. The cup semifinals. Yeah, Whatever you'd call it for the half cup. There, I like that, the half cup. And then, you know, obviously the two winners there play, and then that's the championship game, and then whoever wins is NBA NBA Cup champion. They get the full cup. FIFA, part two. Yeah. FIFA basketball. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a fun concept as far as what we're doing here. I, I, I like the idea. Make, make those NBA games more meaningful. Like, Drake, you know. Those that middle, not even it's not even the middle that like you're about a quarter of the way through the year. Like, you know, you're in October, November, December. Those games are kind of boring. You know, teams are still figuring it out. It's not much to play for quite yet. Seating does not matter one bit. The top teams at that time usually are going to fall off. Bottom teams will rise, so on and so forth. So from a fan perspective, it adds some intrigue there. And I'll kind of go into what I feel like they should do beyond what they've already done. Because as it currently is constructed, they've got money rewards for the teams that advance farther. Each of the players get a certain dollar amount for making the the half cup, 
and then for winning the full cup. So they got some stuff in play, but overall, how do you feel about the, the NBA cup in general? I mean, the NBA cup in general, like you kind of mentioned, that's a, that's a boring time in the NBA. So I kind of like that. It keeps that, that time a little more exciting, gives teams a little more to play for. Um, I know most fans or, or or whatever are more you know keep the keep the the tradition the same keep it the same don't make this kind of changes to the game but i'm excited to see how it plays out i mean i'd like to see kind of more the stakes were higher um i kind of you kind of said you're gonna touch on more of what you would like to see happen on it so go ahead what what, what would you like to see added on or or taken out of this this new mid-season NBA Finals tournament, FIFA, NBA soccer the cup. NBA cup. Yeah, so the NBA did kick around the idea of up in the stakes a little bit. The ones that they talked about kind of fell flat. They said the winner of the NBA Cup, you know, the full cup, they get a guaranteed playoff seed, and then ultimately they backed out. They said – Maybe that'll make things worse with, you know, someone feeling like they have nothing to play for. They get to load manage more. So they ultimately gave up on that and they said, let's just stick with money to start. And the ideas that I came up with that I thought would be interesting as far as raising the stakes, let's make this game mean something more than what it does. I thought two things. One, the winner of the tournament at the end of the year, they are guaranteed a chance to move up one seed. So if they were the four seed, they move up to three, two to one, one to the overall one seed. Like let's say, let's say the Celtics were 56 wins, one seed in the East. And then the Nuggets were 58 wins, one seed in the West. If the Celtics won the cup Celtics all, you know, become the overall league one seed. So that was first idea. Second idea I had was that the winner would, they would get to pocket kind of like get like save a card for an extra home game come playoff time at their choosing. So let's say the Bucks are the two seed. You don't want to use it in that first round against the seven seed, most likely. But maybe in the second round, you're the playing the three seed. It's back to back. It's one to one. You're going to Miami, to Philly, to New York, whoever it is. You lose game three. You're down two one. Uno reverse card. Like we're going back <laughs> home. We're going to Milwaukee or wherever. Whoever's the two seed there, you get that extra home game, and it's a net new net add on home game that you just get free of charge. Now, I know that one would be tough due to logistics, and some people might say it's a little too competitive advantage, but that's what I think would up the stakes the most. But those are the two ideas that I kind of thought of. Yeah, up in the stakes would probably be the way to make it better, but I'm just I'm excited to see how it plays out. You know, it's the NBA. Something could go wrong this season. They'll just change it next season, you know. Um, it's probably a more trying the NBA trying to get more revenue because like we both said that's a that's a slow time in the NBA so and all of those games count towards their actual record so they still matter it's not like the all-star break where that doesn't matter at all so it still matters so I guess I'm excited I'm I'm excited to see at least how it plays out for the first year. Yeah. I'm interested to see. I, I just thought of this actually. 
I believe the 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 full cup game, the final, the championship for the NBA Cup, that happens on like a Thursday night where there's a Thursday night football game. So I'm really interested to see if they just get their key, their teeth kicked in from a rating standpoint. I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. Football is king. But that's that's interesting because that's kind of got to be part of the reality too for the NBA. They're like, man, almost a quarter of our season is during football season and no one's watching us. Like, what are we going to do to make people watch? So it's a good step. I like the idea. I think they can do better, but I don't hate it. It's a, like I said, it's probably a, I don't know if I'd call it a test run, but it's probably a a test run. You know, they'll probably make some adjustments here and there. Or I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but like I said, just excited to, to see how it goes in this NBA Cup. Yeah, it adds more intrigue to the game, so it's not awful. Now, the other part of the NBA news is they introduced two new rules. So they got, let's start with the the first one, which is the the coaching challenge. Drake, if you want to kick us off there. Yeah, so now with the new rules, NBA coaches get two challenges as long as they get the first one right. So basically like the NFL, you know, they get – Two, but if they get three, if they get the two right. So, obviously, I like it because I'm big on the refs. I've expressed that many, many times. Um, So, I think it kind of – it'll give a, a little more structure to like it. Yeah, it's not bad. I think this one is easy, like – this one's what the game needs to some degree. Because, you know, you obviously hate refs. You hate missed calls and how it affects the game. But that's a lot how a lot of people feel. And the one challenge was, it wasn't enough. It just wasn't. Because then you essentially, you're, you're handcuffed. You can't use that until the fourth quarter. Otherwise, it's a waste. What is two points going to do you in the second quarter? Nothing. But if you have the potential for a second, if you get it right, now when you know... I know that wasn't a foul. I know this guy shouldn't be getting three shots. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it right now. And then you get it right, and you still got one left. You got one left. You don't have to hold your cards until the end of the game. So I do like it. I think it's good, and I'm glad that it's only two. I think three would have been excessive. And just the fact that you have to get the first one right, I think, was a good a, a good wrinkle to have in there, too. So this rule, I think they got it 100% right. I've got no complaints on it. Then they added the flop rule, um, and I like everything about that. Um, I know you hate flopping probably a little more than I do because I do kind of give the benefit of the doubt when you're selling a call, but not to the extent that, you know, Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid and Jokic, they all, and LeBron, and, and everybody does it, you know, like, and Chris Paul. Like, there, it's just – Flopping is ridiculous. I like the fact that they're adding it. Um, and I semi-like the fact that they're waiting for a neutral opportunity is what they called it. Um, just because if every flop was called a foul, the NBA games would be like four hours long. But 
I can I I like it. I like I like it. I mean, I love it. I actually again excited to see how how that one that rule plays out too. Yeah, I like it. Conceptually, I love it because flopping's a problem. Huge huge problem in the NBA today. You might like people selling a call. I don't. If if someone's coming through the lane and they go like this and they nick you on the chin, play basketball, man. Keep playing. Unless you're getting whacked on the arm when you're shooting, keep playing the game. Let the refs do their job. You focus on what you can control. Don't be selling calls. You're not actors. You're basketball players. So I personally am a big fan of them having a flopping rule. And I think it's another step in the right direction. Like, we'll see how it plays out. Like, I do have concerns on how they'll execute this. They've tested out in Summer League. There's been some questionable ones already. And you're putting more power into the ref's hands and more judgment on their on their watch, on their shoulders. And that can be, can be dangerous because they already have so much power over the game. This only gives them more. But I think it had to be done. And I'm excited to see how it plays out and see how it affects the game, how it affects certain players' games as well. Because I want to see basketball. I want to see the best team win. I want to see the grittiest team win, all that stuff. I don't want to see the best acting team win. And I think the NBA, this really shows, both these rules in general, that they're listening. You know, They care about what we think and, and how we feel as fans because they don't want to alienate the fans. They, they don't want to lose the revenue. The fans... Pay, they keep the lights on. They pay the bills. That's at the end of the day. That's how it works in sports. It's, it's entertainment at the end of the day. So I think this kind of goes back to a few years ago when they introduced the James Harden rule, essentially to where like, you know, you're creating contact, you're leaning into the shot, you're throwing it up regardless of you are in the motion or not. So you can get to the line or kicking your leg out on a shot so that you can create contact again and go to the line. And they made that no longer a foul. They made that an offensive foul, which was, Excellent. I feel like basketball is already a better, a better experience to watch just due to that simple change. So I like that they're listening to us and that they're making the changes that need to happen because we want this game to be great. We love basketball, but we want it to stay great. We don't want it to keep going into, you know, straight up a, a ballet recital as far as like, you know, who can move around the best, who can, you know, show the most twirl, if you will, like, I, I like it. You know, one thing you said in there was that they need to let the refs do their jobs. I mean, if the refs would do their jobs, then, you know, they wouldn't have to sell calls. But, you know, that's just how I feel because I hate the refs. I'd rather see a missed small call than someone flying 12 feet from almost getting grazed on the nose. Now, selling a call doesn't uh, – you're – I'm not saying selling that. I'm saying selling a call. A call that's a call, and it's not called. Sell it. Just no. like in football, if you're get if you're getting held, throw your arms up so the refs see it because they don't see it. They don't call it. They don't call yeah, calls. good. And then throw your arms up, and then the quarterback runs right by you, and then you're still looking there at the refs. Like, yeah, keep doing that. While you're getting held, you're not going to get to the quarterback anyways. Take it as a point of pride. Like, even though I'm getting held, I'm getting there. I mean, make your shot and then go down the court and yell and one. There you go. But sometimes, you know, I mentioned it back when, when probably episode four, that Chargers game, Joey Bosa got held on both of those drives. They would have won that game. Such is life. Don't blow your 24 point lead and you'll win. Yeah, I mean, 
maybe. Not who knows, but that's in that's in the past. Now you mentioned summer league, so let's talk a little bit about the summer league. Your boy Victor Wembanyama made his NBA debut. His American debut. Yeah, there you go. How do how do you feel about what you've seen from the greatest prospect since LeBron James? I feel fine. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Like game one was rough, bad shooting night, got pushed around, still got some nice blocks. So that was good to see. I didn't get to watch that game live. I was uh, at a wedding and then Drake was really quick to send me over the, I don't want him to be this bad. <laughs> and then said, Oh, but he got five blocks. And then game uh, two, he just comes and does the complete opposite, you know, 27 points, four more blocks. I think he had like eight boards or something. And he shot efficiently from three as well. I think he went like two for four. So he bounced back and obviously a bad and a good even out to be fine. And I think what it showed was he's got his potential. You know, he's not, this isn't unwarranted. It's not, it's not grounded in fiction that he can be, that he is a great prospect and that he can be a great NBA player. He proved that, that the potential is there, but now he's got to do it. He's got to get an NBA body. If he stays this skinny, he's going to struggle. The only other, think about it, the only other like lengthy, like really lengthy skinny guy that was good or great is KD. But KD has next level handles, next level shooting ability. He's lethal sniper at the end of the day. He's the slim reaper. So he's either got to do one of those. Either he's got to bulk up to where he can be a beast in the paint or he's got to refine his, his jumper a little bit. Form's there. I see the potential. He's got to refine his handles. They're okay for his size. He needs those to be good for an NBA player if he's going to reach the potential that we want him to, that a lot of people expect him to, which is why I'm really glad he landed in, in San Antonio. If he were to have landed somewhere else, the wrong infrastructure, Charlotte, to pick on the Hornets, a team that doesn't know what they're doing, he would have had a rough time. I really believe he would have had a, a struggle to get going. With the Spurs, he's got Coach Pop. He's got a strong organization that's won a lot, won consistently until they've you know ran out of players recently. But it's a team that has done this before with you know international superstars, with superstars in general. So I think he landed in the right spot to where he can reach his potential. I don't know how high that is yet. I, I do agree he's the best prospect since LeBron. I don't necessarily think he's the best prospect, including LeBron. Like That's not what I'm saying. But I see the potential. And nothing I saw made me think that he can't get there. I'm glad you like him. He still stinks in my book. Um, <laughs> I, his 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 blocks were impressive. Um, I I said that to you that five blocks was impressive. I'm hoping he get. I hope he gets five blocks. Like I said, he's seven foot ten kind of hard not to get blocks on five foot 10 rookies that are playing in, in the summer league. But I do want to touch a little bit on what he said that the Euro league that he was in was more physical, faster and had less open court than the NBA. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I, the, the open court and the, the fast is, it's 100%. That's that's a valid point to say. 
um, that a Euro League is over that in, in the NBA. But the less physical part, come on, man. You, you're basing that off of two summer league games against rookies. You know, you, you haven't seen Giannis. You haven't seen Joel Embiid. You haven't seen Jokic. You haven't seen Bam. You got to wait to say something like that. Like, you can't. You can't say that after two summer league games, especially one where the first one you got bounced around like you were going to be the next. Taco Fall. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or Bull Bull. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's got to wait to make that distinction. He hasn't played against anybody real. Definitely not. And it's hard to say that because there's summer league is a bunch, you know, 80% of those guys aren't going to make the league at least. So I agree with that. Like it's premature to say anything like that, but I do think he's right that the NBA is a little softer. I don't know about slower. I, I don't really know on that one, but softer, I would definitely say is the case. And we see that we see these international superstars come in and dominate, whether it's Embiid, whether it's, Giannis or Luca, and then maybe Wemby now, like that trend is becoming very real. And part of that is because of the game that they play over there is it's more physical. It's more strategic. It's less, you know, it's less one-on-one it's less flashy. It's less AAU style. So I do agree that the Euro league is probably a little bit tougher when it comes to physicality, but skills obviously nowhere near the same. It is still, Still too soon for him to say that, but as an observer, I think he's right. I mean, like I said, I would I, I agree, but you can't say that yet. Like, wait till Giannis gives you 30 and then try At and least. tell me that that France is more physical than than the Greek freak. But besides Wemby, who are who are you impressed with? Like, I know we've talked about summer league not mattering, or you know, like you said, eighty percent of these guys aren't even going to make the league. But out of those who will, who are you most impressed with so far from from what we've seen in four games? I have to start from my homer perspective, and that's the Bucks rookies, both of them, specifically Andre Jackson. I like his game. I like what I've seen in terms of his bounce, his physicality, and just his vision. But I do get like who he's playing against isn't isn't great. Doesn't prove he's going to be a star. That's not what I'm saying. I think he's just showing he can be a nice piece in the NBA. He's got a real shot. And I feel the same about uh, Chris Livingston, the other Bucks rookie, you know, draft pick from this year. So I feel good about those guys. But from like a non-Bucks fan perspective, people that most people are going to talk about. Scoot, Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to be really good. Like I was, we, I don't know if it was last episode or two ago, but I came on here and I talked about how the Hornets messed up not taking him. He is not only going to be a really good player, he's going to be better than LaMelo Ball. I see him being a Russell Westbrook level player. I mean, it's not too bold of a take. He's a good player. Yeah. He got hurt though which is a little unfortunate, but I think I agree with you. Um, impressed wise. I think uh, Chet Holmgren has really impressed me. Um, 
seeing him actually in the summer league play, you know, in three games. He's had like, I mean, he's going to get that Ben Simmons rookie of the year award. I'll tell you that. But in three games, I think he's averaging, you know, 13, 10 and like four blocks. So, you know, it's, it's impressive. Again, it's summer league. So don't want to say it's too impressive, but I am big on that, you know, not talking before you've done anything. So that comment of who's the best player in the NBA, and he said me in two months or whatever. And then LeBron, you know, he gets hurt guarding LeBron. So kind of ironic there, but I didn't like it. And I don't like the Wemby thing when you you talk about physicality before you've even touched the – again, it's not – physical but you haven't even touched the most physical part of the league so didn't like it but he's on the thunder so i gotta i gotta at least watch out for him and he's impressed me in the summer league actually watching him play and obviously he took his rehab seriously so you know guys don't do that you got guys like Zion williamson who isn't taking much of playing seriously so seeing him take at least his at least what it looks like he took his offseason seriously he took his injury seriously he took his rehab seriously and he's and he's he played well summer league so i'm excited to see what he can do yeah i think he'll be a nice player i don't think he'll be like a superstar but somewhere in between like a kuzma and a chris stapps i could see that that's a nice i could see him definitely being being a bit uh a good fit with that Thunder team, and yeah, because they got all those that young coral and... mesh well together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about so. the Thunder. We talked about them a lot last week. Yeah. So, um, how about Damian Lillard? He only well, wants to play for the Heat. Yeah, and if he doesn't play for the Heat, he's going to be very unhappy. If I'm another team, I don't care. I'm saying you'll you'll be happy. What are you going to do? You're, what, 32, 32 years old? You're going to wait out a season? I don't think so. You're a baller, man. You want to play. But I do think that's where he's going to go. Like, I, I do think some teams are going to be scared off. They're going to be like, oh, man, never mind. We're out. Uh, the Heat offer, it's okay. It's like the reported offer from the Heat is that it's Tyler Hero. Uh, Kyle Lowry, two first round picks, their first round pick from this year. What's his name? Haquez or something like that. And he was like the number 18 pick. And then last year's number 30 or 29 pick, uh, Nikola Jovich. Jovich yeah. yeah. Jovich, the anti-joker, the Riddler. So like, it's, it's basically a bunch of picks and a bunch of people and that won't help them. Yeah. Duncan Robinson was in there too. Great. If if I have to take that deal as the Blazers, that's fine. And then I'll just immediately ship out Hero and Duncan Robinson. Bye. So, you know, looking at that from a Dame perspective, you're like, oh, that's not enough. But when you look at it from a Heat perspective, I'm sorry. Yes, it's Damian Lillard, but you're giving up absolutely everything you have besides yeah. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Like you're giving up absolutely everything. And you know, they already that. lost. Yeah. And, you know, they are, they've already lost, you know, guys, they're, 
Vincent. Gabe Vincent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Strutz, he's Walker, gone. Maybe? I don't. I think he's a, a free agent, so I don't know if he'll be there or not. But obviously, it's it's Dame. But if you're gonna clear house, like actually clear house, and go all in on Dame, you're you're gonna have no one left. Like considering you were just in the finals last season, I don't like it personally. I do understand it's Dame. I do understand it's one of the best players in the league. But like you said, he's 32. That's a big contract. And I know we've said it. You've said it. The Heat are known for winning with a bunch of guys. Like, if you want to make a move, go make a move. But if you got to give up all those guys and you got to give up everyone, I just I don't like it. I don't like it. At least from a Heat perspective. From a, from a player's perspective, probably not enough so maybe the heat isn't the right fit for what you want for who you've you're giving up and it's fine for dame to only be interested in the heat but all this stuff of his gm's gm telling teams don't trade for him because he's not going to be happy like it's not up to dame like right if this is what you wanted to do you don't go exactly you don't go a max deal like you don't go sign a max deal and then demand a trade and think that you have power to tell the Blazers who you are going to be traded for. Nope. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's obviously Dame was loyal to the Blazers. So like, you know, props there, but it's not like he won them anything. They don't owe him anything. Like you, they paid him. That's what they owe him. They owe him the contract. That's it. And they owed him, they owe him the respect of trying to trade him. But at the end of the day, if you're the Blazers, you gotta re- you gotta protect me. You gotta protect yourselves and get the best deal you can. Is that Heat deal enough? It's fine. It's not awful. From the Heat perspective, I do disagree with you though. If I'm the Heat and that's the deal that they'll take, I'll do it. All those other guys in there, if I'm the Heat, I can replace them. Done it before. Do it again. I think they are the best in the NBA when it comes to their culture and the guys that they can find. Those just guys. If they want to do anything with this Jimmy Butler Bam combo, the time is right now. Jimmy's what thirty three. If you want to win a title with Jimmy, you gotta do something big. I don't see anything else out there that would get them to the next level. This is what they have to do. If you can keep Jimmy and Bam and add Dame, you do that. I disagree fully that they're giving up too much. Like. I think that's what they have to do. I think if they get Dame for that price, you don't have to give up either of your two best players. This is a steal. I don't think Dame, Jimmy, and Bam make a championship run for Miami. I think they do. I I don't. That's that's a that's a Phoenix Suns all over again. It's very it's star powered with only three total guys. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Like I get what you're saying, I I do. I just when you you got to actually look at it, look at that roster, look at who's out there that they could pick up, and yeah, you you can look at it as that's Damian Lillard, but I'd rather take two Kristaps Porzingis and I don't know another another solid starter than just give up clear house for Dame. 
I would if I'm if I'm the Heat. Like I said, a team that was just in the NBA, like they were just in the finals. Yeah, but they were outclassed. They were like not even close to the Nuggets. And the East is gonna be better next year. The Celtics just got Porzingis. The Bucks should be better without Bud in a new regime and a healthy Giannis. Hopefully, like so. Just grow so even trees. with even with that stance, you're saying Miami Clearhouse get Dame. That's still a championship run in the East. I don't know if it is, but I think that's what gives them the best chance. At the end of the day, that's what you have to think about. What puts me in the best chance to win the whole thing? That's why we played the damn game is to win the whole thing. We don't play to get there. We don't play to take second. That's not how it goes. Like, obviously, that's still impressive. It's still an accomplishment that they did that. But that's not what they play for. Pat Riley is still the executive there or president or whatever. He wants to win championships, man. He's won, what, three with, no, three, two or three. Two or three with three with LeBron. And then... Two with, won, LeBron, one with, two with LeBron, one two with, with LeBron, Wade. one with Wade. Okay. And as a player, and or when he was with the when he was coaching or owning coach, I don't know. He's just had so many roles. But when he's with the Lakers, they won. When he was a player, they won. Like he's a winner. He that's 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 what he bleeds, is winning. And he knows in his heart, I can't run it back with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and think that I'm gonna outshoot Jokic and Murray and Porter. Like, you just can't do that. I, I I agree with that. You know, they make move. I, they need a move. I just don't think that giving up five players, six picks for Damian Lillard is the move. The T-Wolves did that for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and then some. You know, like, yeah, compared to that, and... this is pennies on the dollar. This is highway robbery. It's a Yeah, I robbery. guess. <laughs> I, now, I guess that, if you look at it standard. that way, then yeah, I would do it. I mean, that's what it yeah, takes I mean, to trade for a superstar, I don't know. though. Like, think, remember when the Lakers traded for AD? Remember how much they gave up? Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, multiple picks. Like, that was a haul. But guess what? They won the title the next year. They had a, they had a good cast around that. They did, but they found those guys, you know? You know, like they went out and got Rondo, who no one wanted at the time, but they knew he was the right fit and he had what they needed. They went out and got Dwight again. No one wanted him at the time, but he was good fit. JaVale McGee, Caldwell Pope at the time was like, no one cared about Caldwell Pope. They had the right culture, the right foundation, the right bones to add muscle to it and get there. And I believe the Heat are in that boat. I wouldn't be on the same page here if we were doing the same same little scenario here with the Sixers, if they traded away Maxi and Harris and a bunch of picks for Dame, I wouldn't like that. But for the Heat, I do. It's just my belief in I mean, Spo, man. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to happen. So yeah. we'll just have to see how it goes. But Yeah, we will. Maybe it will be a total failure. Maybe, but I like it. I mean, you never know. And if they the fail, you know, you don't know. Bucks. You don't know if if Damon and, and Jimmy are going to mesh well together. You know, those are two alphas. Right. And, yeah, Damon's you know, never who, had to play with another player knows? like that. Exactly. And then you add in Bam, who is a great player as well. So, yep. who knows? I mean, no news yet besides that Dame's not getting traded to the Kings. 
Shocker. Or the Lakers. Yeah, that wasn't happening anyways. No. But let's, let's move along. Of course. You know what time it is. You know what time it is. We've got a list. We've got, We've a, got list. a list. We've Inside got a list. Inside linebackers. Just repeating what Joe says. But <laughs> 10 weeks till football? Nine now. Eight? Nine. 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 Oh, so eight, nine. Something like that. Something like that. Still so like Joe many. said, every week until then, we are going to get a list. We're going to give you guys a list of top players this week last week we did corners this week inside linebackers and the inside linebackers you know what we call those the land sharks land sharks are you gonna have a name for every position is yes. that how this is gonna go, this right, is how nice. gonna go. i'm the name guy that's how it goes <laughs> i like it joe is the name guy so obviously we should jump right into it I'm starting from the bottom inside linebacker number 10 I put Nick Bolton from the Kansas City Chiefs there. I love it, Drake. I really he, do. He he's a he's a magnet. Yeah, he's a magnet. He is all he's all over the field. And honestly, I think that after this year, he, I think he'll be moving up the list a hundred percent. He had he had the second most tackles in the league last year with one hundred eighty. So was he a rookie last year? I or think, second year. Second year. Second okay, year still. Year. Yeah. Super Bowl it's, champ. He, yeah, he is. I like him. He's a, he's a good player. I wish I could put him higher than 10, but... There's a lot of good inside linebackers. Oh, yeah. Like, there were some nice players that didn't make my list. Shout out Logan Wilson and TJ Edwards, like, just on the, on the footstep knocking in. But a lot of good linebackers. I love your number 10 pick. My number 10, I wonder if you'll say this name. I don't think so. It's a hard name to say, and that's Foyasaid Aluakun on the Jaguars. Ooh, I like him yeah. a lot. He's a good player, and I like it. I, like I think he's on the rise. Number 10. Yeah. yeah. And number nine is where I put your number 10. That's where I landed Nick Bolton. I love him, dude. Exactly what you I said, like man. He's, he's all over the place on a Super Bowl champion defense. He's only going to get better. 100%. Like I said, he's a magnet. He's a magnet to the ball. It's insane. Um, now, number nine. I don't know if you'll even have this guy on your list. Um, and I think... Playing alongside Fred Warner is a huge impact for him. <laughs> I'm out. But um, Dre Greenlaw is, is, is what I put at number nine. Like, when you look at his stats, he had 127 total tackles, two forced fumbles, one interception, six pass defended. His presence is huge on that defense. He's a very good run defender, and he's very good in coverage. And it gets very overshadowed by Fred Warner. Um, but when you actually watch his highlights, watch his play, and you look at the more statistical stats, I think he had like an like an 80 for the the coverage grade. You know, that's that's very good. That's up there. When you look at stuff like that, I think he's a top ten linebacker. <sighs> I knew it, Drake. I knew you were going to put him in there. So he he did not make my top 10. He would have been more around like 14, 15 for me. Very good player. Why he's not top 10 for me is kind of what you prefaced yours with, with which is Fred Warner's there. 
And that can be okay. You can have two top 10 inside linebackers at the same same time on the same team, only if both have proven that they can be the Mike. I do strongly believe that the second inside linebacker, the Will playing the weak side, has a much easier job. It's not an easy position. It's not what I'm saying. But you're not the focal point on what the offense is pointing out. Who's the Mike? Who's the Mike? Fred Warner's the Mike. Like, that is what the offense is building their scheme towards. Like, that's the pulling guards going. That's the lead fullback is going. That's that's what they're scraping the double team up to. Like, I, I strongly put a huge emphasis on if you're a great linebacker and you're the Mike, I will give you the edge over an equally great linebacker who's the Will. So that's why I couldn't put him top 10. He's still a great player. But that's why I can't put him over any of these next eight guys I say, or the previous two I said. I did see That's Pro Football funny. had them at had him at like eight, though. Really? Pro Football Focus, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like I said, from watching him, looks like he's very good, and you do have to. I put in playing with playing with with Fred Warner is obviously huge. You know, we're both going to have him on the list. And we're both probably going to have them pretty high, but it's, I just, I had to, I wanted, I had Nick Bolton there at first, but I don't know what, what made me go the edge over, I test over him, but it it is. So, yeah. So that's number nine, number nine. All right. Get us over to number eight, number eight. Demario Davis, New Orleans Saints. Um, 12th season, sixth consecutive year with, with 100 total tackles and 10 tackles for lost. And, I mean, he's just an all-around playmaker, pass rush coverage on defense. Um, yep. Couldn't get him any higher, but solid player on a good defense. So Yeah, he's a beast. I definitely love Demario Davis. Number eight for me, definitely the lowest I've ever ranked him his entire career, and that's Bobby Wagner. I still see him as a top 10 inside linebacker. He had a great year last year. Like It's not like he went to the Rams and disappeared. This is, in a lot of ways, projection for him taking another step back. I, I Admittedly, when looking at my list when I created, I was like, man, that's, that's low for Bobby Wags, but I, I had to stick him there. At eight? Yeah. At eight. Wow. Wait till you hear where I got him. Yeah, you're going to have him at like three. (laughs) Uh, So number seven, just edging him out, is Levante David with the Buccaneers. Very disruptive inside linebacker, has been for several years. Really, his year when the Bucs won it all, he he was a maniac. One of the best inside linebacker seasons of the past like five to 10 years right there. And he's still got it. I think Levante is a really good player. Number seven is where he lands for me. Number seven. That's where I landed to me. Um, with the bears. Uh, I think he's just a tackling machine. Now he's, he's one of the best coverage linebackers. He had a 90 coverage grade, which was the best among linebackers. Um, and I, I, I like him. Obviously, you know, we had his brother, so I wanted him to come to us, and then we missed out on both the Edmonds. So I like him. Like I said, tackling machine. Like he – and with the, with the Bills, that's what he was known for. 
he was he 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 could tackle everybody, honestly. And now, like I said, one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. So number seven, Jermaine Edmonds. I have him in a very similar boat to where I put Greenlaw, like somewhere between like 13 to 15, where I still think they're a top end linebacker and they would be a top end Mike linebacker if they had the chance. But until I see it, I just got to wait and see. And then number six, that's where I landed Levante David um, for everything you said. I mean, he was – his coverage grade has gotten insanely better. And when you see guys at that stage of the career, you kind of see them fall to like one-dimensional where they're strictly run, run playing linebackers. But like I said, he's his, his coverage grade was second to Edmonds and – He's still one of the best linebackers in the league. So, yep. I've got number six. Okay. So, my number six is probably, I don't know, it might be someone you don't say. I kind of would have figured you had him bottom half of your top 10. But number six for me is Devondre Campbell. I had to go with a Packer at some point. I mean, come on. But I, I like Devondre a lot. Reinvented his career when coming to the Packers, was first team all pro two years ago. Last year, he was injury prone or injury bug but me watching every game I could just tell a huge difference from when he was on the field versus when he wasn't so I think he's just a very all-around very solid backer can't put him in my top five but for me he's top 10. So that was your number six? Yep and number five a name you said a little bit earlier and that's Demario Davis. I'm a big Demario fan I think he's still just as good as he's always been. I think last year graded out as like across the board, a second best season of his career, which is impressive. And he's a big reason why I'm still high on the saints this year in that defense. And he's the captain of that defense. He's what makes them go. So DeMario gets number five for me, just edges into my top five. My number five, I feel like you're probably going to say the same thing, but I put Matt Milano from the Buffalo bills. Um, He's a beast. Great player. Yeah, period. Yeah. Uh, he had like 100 tackles, three picks. Um, he's a great pass so, rusher. Too. Yeah, very. he's a very, very good pass rusher. Huge for that defense. Obviously, the Bills chose to keep him over Edmonds. So, obviously, that means something. And, you know, he's a very, he's a very good, very solid in, in coverage, too. So, I think yeah. he had like 11, 11 defended passes our passes deflected. Um, so I got him at five. I love it. He's the heart of that defense. Definitely. We got it four. Four? Four? Now, he only played three games last year, but his first four seasons in the league were just very, very dominant. Um, Shaquille Leonard for the Indianapolis Colts is who I got it for. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, I honestly see him being a top three guy. He's a very dominant pass rusher, sideline to sideline player. He's just a beast. He is. I love it. Now is where we're going to start repeating each other's names. So I like that. Number four is I got Matt Milano, and you said it all. I really have nothing to add. Like, I'm a big Milano guy, big Italian guy out there. Like, you know, respect to Milano. <laughs> uh, just edging him out, my number three. Man, this guy's so good. Roquan Smith, 
I'm a big Roquan guy. I don't know if he makes your list or not, but for me, top tier. I like it. I like it. Now, number three, you guessed it. That's where I put Bobby Wagner. Um, I still think he, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. Like, I think that the Rams just being so bad kind of, like, made him a little slept on. But he was still a, a dominant dominant for them. He's going to be dominant back on the Seahawks. Um, even last year, he had 140 tackles, six sacks, two interceptions. And, like, he just – takes over games without Dominique as playing run defense and he's incredible pass rushing and he's still solid in coverage. So I get the preparing for a decline and everything, but I still think he's going to be, I think he's still going to be top three. Like I said, if, if Leonard plays and is healthy, those two will be flopped, but giving what happened last year and going to this year, that's where I put him. That's fair. I mean, you can't argue with the season he had last year. You just gave all the numbers like across the board for a bad defense. Very good. So he very well could still end up being, you know, that top five linebacker this year. He's, I mean, there's a lot of great linebackers, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see who is in your top two. Um, well, you haven't, did you say your three yet? Who was your three? My three was Roquan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm excited to see who your your number Quay top Walker. two are. Um, but number two is is where I rent Brokon Sweat. Um, beast, he's just a beast. Um, a stat that I I found was that the Ravens defense held opponents to 14 and a half points when Rokon joined and was on the field. Yeah. So, and he had 169 tackles, 11 for loss, four and a half sacks, and three picks. He is a beast. His sideline to sideline speed and agility and intensity and his dominance, his physicality. He's just he's a beast. There's a reason he's the highest paid linebacker, inside linebacker. Um for me. So number two. I agree. Roquan Smith. Yeah, I, that's great. I mean He's one of the biggest reasons why I'm so high on the Ravens going into this year and their defense. So I have no arguments with it. So who just edged him out for me at number two, Shaq Leonard. I am a really big Shaq Leonard guy. Like I know he was injured last year, like you said, but I think when it comes to just all across the board linebacker, like he's one of the most versatile players in the league, regardless of position. So I do believe we'll see a bounce back from him and he'll get back to where he's always been, which is, top three linebacker. So you had him at three. I yep. had him at four just oh, because of, at three. of the injury. Okay. Yeah. But right. I, I'd, I'll flop him. I'd flop him if we redid this and he played, if we did this mid season and he was playing, I'd flop him. And then number one, obviously I don't think there's any doubt. Anyone who says anyone else is smoking. So number one, <laughs> Fred Warner, Fred Warner. Easy money. Eat like they're and you know something that sets the the edge that like no one really talks or thinks about, like his mental aspect of the game is just insane. Like he fills gaps before the running back gets the ball. Like he will be in the A gap on a power run going to the A gap before the quarterback turns around. 
Like, he's always in the right place at the right time, and his athleticism is just no other. Like, not even to mention his physical play. Like, just all all of that other stuff. Like, he's just a beast. Yep. He's a heat-seeking missile. Like, the, the highlights of him is – it's, like, unbelievable. I I probably wouldn't want to meet him in the hole, I'll tell you that, though. No. Not even a little bit. Take a knee. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So – that's our top 10 list. I mean, different, similar-ish, but I like yeah. both of our lists, honestly. Yeah, I think we had like eight of the same people, and then we both had the same number one. We both threw respect on Nick Bolton and Shaq Leonard and Roquan. So, yeah, definitely some similarities, still some nuances there, but solid list. We're almost halfway through the defense. Almost, almost. The Island Boys we and the Land Sharks. Won't spoil who we got next week, unless you want to. Outside linebackers. Outside linebackers. I don't have the name for them yet. Not yet, but knowing Joe, he'll come up with it. He comes up with all the names. For the most part. Now, before we get to our next game, we do have some NFL news to talk, which is always refreshing. Hot off the presses today, Quinn and Williams got paid. Four years, $96 million for the big man, the the sneeze. Thank you. Bless you. That guy. What do you think, 66, Drake? 66 guaranteed. That's good. Two. It's two-thirds, you know. That's good. Yeah. He's the highest paid DT um, behind Aaron Donald, obviously. Um, but now he's under contract for the 2027 season. And I don't know if you knew this, but this is not normal for the New York Jets. They do not – sign guys to a second contract with that team um because they don't know how to I don't draft. know if i don't know if he's the first one or if he's the second i don't i don't i don't remember but i'm about he's either the first or the second guy that they're signing to a second deal and obviously seeing that the, the team that they have now i think the culture of that's going to change but you know he's one of the best so i like the deal and he's a dog I like it. Locked on that defense, honestly. That defense is top five in the league. Yeah, I think so. And that's one of the reasons why I'm also high on the Jets is how good that defense is. Not to talk about, you know, not well, and we'll dive more to the Jets, Jets here shortly, but Quinnen's a beast. And that's an interesting fact about like, you know, first, probably their first first round pick they've extended since I don't even know who, but you think about it, it makes sense. It's like, who are their other first round picks? Sam Darnold traded Leonard Williams let go I'm pretty sure uh they Muhammad Muhammad something what was his last name it's like 2010 I have no clue but uh you even think of like all the way back to Geno Smith like yeah Jamal Adams they traded like yeah they don't typically extend their guys because either the Jets stink there's no reason to pay someone that much or they stink who they drafted so Interesting. Quinnen well-deserved. And before we get into our next topic, I do think part of the reason this deal finally got done is the Jets are on hard knocks now, and they did not want that floating <laughs> around. They're like, pay this man now. Pay him now. Yeah, I mean, I've never watched an episode of Hard Knocks. Um, ever. Never. Not one. Uh, 
Not Not even with the Lions with your boys? No, I don't watch TV, dude. I don't. Unless it's a game, I don't watch TV. I just, I don't. I don't. Drake's too busy watching Love Island. (laughs) Exposed. Ah, that's a. No, I don't. You know when? Never mind. We don't talk about that. I don't (laughs) want. I just, I don't watch TV. I mean, you know when the girlfriend says, "Watch this show with me," and you sit down and you end up. And then you end up on Instagram sending me every single sports news thing that's ever happened. Exactly. That's that's what I'm doing when when the TV's on. But um, but yeah. So I haven't been a big hard knocks guy either. I did check in when the Cowboys were on there. I checked in for an episode when the Lions were on there. I checked in one other time before, but never really diving in. I think this will be the first time I actually do. I was gonna say you're gonna watch it though, huh? Aaron Rodgers, Sauce yeah, Gardner, uh, Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, Nathaniel Hackett, bunch, bunch Quinn of Packers. Williams. Quinn Williams, he might bless himself, like, and then thank himself. Like, I mean, it's must-see TV. So, yeah, I, I'll watch it. I mean, I don't know what we'll find from it, but I'm interested to see. Like, how is Rodgers in, you know, the big city? How is he interfacing with all these young cats? Like, obviously, we everything how are, looks How's Zach Wilson uh, making his that was my next every day? <laughs> That was <laughs> I wanted to be you to it because I knew you were going to say it. I mean, that's interesting to me. Like, what's going on with Zach Wilson, Drake's least favorite player in history? So, yeah, I'm interested to see just the whole dynamic. And it's good. It's good cinema. It's good for the NFL makes more money. And of all the teams that could have it in the entire league, this is the most interesting. Now, if there was a Steelers Hard Knocks, I'd watch it when, every single episode or whenever it came out or whatever it is. I don't know. Is it episodes? Yeah. Okay. I'd watch it then. It's like a weekly the, thing. They did this year. So I'd watch it every week. Yeah. I'll try to do that with the Jets. NFL. Make a Steelers hard knocks next season. I want it. I need it. I think you guys are technically eligible. What's what? What's, no. el- what's eligibility? So I there might be three stipulations to it, but I know two of them are: you can't have a first-year head coach. Check. You can't have made the playoffs in the past two seasons. Now that's where you guys got hung up because you made it with Ben. So you weren't eligible this year. But if you missed the playoffs this year, you would be eligible next year. And I think the last stipulation is you can't have been on hard knocks in the past few years or something. Decisions. Do I want us to make the playoffs because I want Joe to be wrong about the Steelers or do I want us to miss the playoffs so I can watch hard knocks? What am I wrong about? We haven't made predictions yet. I know. I have messed around. I do like, I love doing record predictions for the NFL. I go game by game, week by week, and I just play out different scenarios. I will say the Steelers have been bouncing for me between like six seed to nine seed every time. Like that's kind of right where I see them. They're a good team. I do believe in them. But good. We we won't talk too much about the Steelers because I could talk about the Steelers for another hour. This is the first time we've talked about them in a few episodes. It's got to be a record. I know, but we talk about the Packers every freaking episode. Yep. Now, the other part of the NFL news, this one isn't really news, but that that new NFL, that quarterback show, I think it's just called Quarterback. That's out on Netflix. I Yeah, I believe that released already. I've seen some, like, breakdowns of the episodes and kind of some stuff Mahomes said about the cheat or the the Bengals excuse me like how he wanted to play them because he wanted to shut them up basically which is cool to see 
I wasn't like planning on watching it. I probably will just just to check it out. I, I I'd like to see Mahomes, and I like Kirk. I'm a Kirk fan. I'll skip the Mariota episodes though. Who's on it? Those three guys. Those three. Yeah, I'd probably watch the Mahomes. That's on Netflix, right? Yeah. I think yeah. I've seen the I've seen some of the Patrick Mahomes uh, clips and everything, but. I'll probably check that out, maybe. You know, start watching yeah. some TV. It's football, and, so. And that gives us more things to talk about, too. Exactly. Um, that wraps up our N- N- NFL news. There's not really much going on besides, uh, you know, TV in the bag. Yeah. Now, Drake, can you introduce your new game to the world? The new game. New game. Here's the catch. So I don't know how I randomly thought of this, but basically Joe and I are going to take two things, but there's a catch to every single thing. How many did you do? Three. Three? Okay, I got three too. Uh, Cool. It's like our number. So, yeah. So there's really no other way to explain it without just doing it. So let's just do it. You want me to go first? Sure. All right. So the first topic for Joe. So basically I'm going to give him the topic and he's going to explain what he thinks would happen or, or whatever the outcome would be for this. So here's the catch. First topic, Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions. But... They play in Lambeau in January. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. Lions. Yeah. The Lions, Lions won there. They won there in January last year. And they're the better team now, and they've got the Vikings number. So, yeah, I'm going with the Lions. They're the more physical team, okay. which is good for cold weather. They – I don't know. The, the We've smoked the Vikings in Lambeau last year, and then the Lions you know, destroyed our hopes and dreams in Lambeau to end the season. So that recency bias plus the Lions are trending up. I think the Vikings are trending down. I'm, give me the Lions. All right. Those soft dome teams. <laughs> soft dome teams, but they're playing in Lambeau in the middle of winter. I like it. That was a, that was a fun one. Okay. Dang, I didn't even think about – like changing venues or anything like that in the, in the catch. Okay. So Drake, first one for you. Giannis versus Russell Westbrook one-on-one, but Russ is the same size as Giannis. So Russell Westbrook is six ten, two fifty. Yep. Everything else about him stays the same. I'm going Russell Westbrook, dude. I just got to. Russell Westbrook being Giannis's size, that's a cheat code. Yeah. I'm not mad at that, honestly. Like as much as I love Giannis, like I just couldn't imagine seeing Russ as like a six ten. Beast. Imagine how he already, know. you know, just screams down the lane and yams on people when he's six two or three or whatever he is. Like, 
Give him another seven. Yeah, imagine being six ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just the athleticism alone would just like Giannis is a good defender, but a six ten Russell Westbrook. I'm. I don't think anybody's guarding that. Oh my! Well, gosh. the second one. My second. Here's the catch. Charlotte Hornets versus the Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA Finals. But every missed shot by Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball loses a point for their respective teams. All right, let me talk through it a little bit here. So I think Anthony Edwards will miss more, not because he's a worse player. He's a better player, but he shoots more. But the Hornets are terrible. And the T-Wolves are mid. So, how's that going to work? Is Jordan still the owner? <laughs> it's next year. This season. Give me the T-Wolves. Hornets stink. <laughs> Dude, they're getting Miles Bridges back. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right. <laughs> Saved. So, so your reasoning for taking the Hornets to be, or the Timbles is just because the Hornets stink. Yeah. Not that Anthony Edwards shoots 38%. No. They can survive <laughs> that. You know, All let's right. say, yeah, let's okay. say he missed 12 shots. They're more than 12 points better than the Hornets. Okay. All It'd right. be a close game. Wow, okay. what a wrinkle. Okay. A wrinkle. All right. Now, staying in the one-on-one realm, but we're going football. So the receiver is Antonio Brown. The corner is Cam Sutton, but here's the catch. The quarterback is Mason Rudolph. <laughs> oh, my No, Cam Sutton all day, every day. No, no, I don't care if it's Megatron or Jerry Rice. No, all right, that's that was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, that was super hard. Ooh, all right. I thought about I thought about doing Megatron, but then I'm like, all right, it's Drake. We'll do AB. And then I thought about doing Zach Wilson. I'm like, let's do one better. <laughs> Look, if you would have said Zach Wilson, I might have thought about it like a little for a half a second longer. What if I said Duck Hodges? Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember him. Better than Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd probably think about that for two seconds longer. <laughs> All right. That was fun. Well, back to the football side. Now, this one, this is a big catch. Not too big, but it's a big catch. So, we've got Aaron Donald versus Jason Kelsey for an entire game. Okay. But their positions are flopped. Oh. Aaron Donald's playing center and Jason Kelsey is playing defensive tackle. 
going to take Donald just because I don't think Kelsey would have the moves to try to get around him. He would just have to win some of the head up bull rushes. So yeah, I'd take Donald. That was hard hey, though. Donald, I did kind huh? of think about it. I'm like, I feel like Donald's footwork as an O-lineman would be butt. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. If I thought about it longer, I could have convinced myself to go the other way, but it's more is is center harder to play than D tackle? Or is D tackle harder to play than center? They're pretty equal. But at least as a center, you put potentially have help around you with the guards at DT, you're taking the help, you know, like you're getting helped against and you're taking a physical beating. DT is one of the, the most important game record positions in the league. Like I think it's underrated, you know, like Quinn Williams to talk about him. He's a beast. Aaron Donald's a beast. I like Kenny Clark, Vita Vea, you know, like, uh, would you consider, um, Chris Jones, uh, Jones. obviously, uh, Fletcher Cox in his heyday, Cam Hayward. Like Cam Hayward. That's what I was about to ask. If you consider him a true DT, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'd take Donald, but yeah, tougher position, maybe DT by a hair. I mean, I think. I mean, we talked about. It. I think every trenches position is super underrated because nobody watches it. It's all about throwing the ball and catching the ball and scoring touchdowns, but. All trenches positions are just extremely important, extreme game changers. You can see how a good team with a battle line can be and a good defense with a bad front four can be, or front three if you're Joe. Yep. So, all right, another football one here. So, these two have to meet in the hole. They're meeting in the hole, head up, you know, like run play. So, Derrick Henry – Wait, no, no, no. I got it the wrong way. So Christian McCaffrey meeting in the hole with Fred Warner. But here's the catch. Christian McCaffrey has the size and trucking ability of Derrick Henry. So so it's like the Christian McCaffrey plus all of the Derrick Henry against Fred Warner. Just meeting in the, meeting in the hole. Meet in the hole. Now McCaffrey can still like try to juke him out. Do yeah, do his thing. I mean, those two practice every day. It's true. Together, that's a hard one. Um, because like, if he's just gonna truck him. I don't know. That's a tough one. Fred Warner's just a beast. So is McCaffrey. It's like in the hole. Is it like one of those like Oklahoma drills? Yeah, sure. So McCaffrey can just go right over him. Not that he's yeah. going to, but um, I, I'd probably take Fred Warner. I feel like a juke would be the way Hard. to go, but. Fred Warner is going to – he's hes too athletic. So, I'm going to go Fred Warner. Yeah, I agree. Tough one, though. Man, I like here's a catch. It's fun. You like it? Yeah, it doesn't educate anyone on sports, but it's fun. Anything, but it's fun. I do like it. I think the 
The Mason Rudolph one was annoying. <laughs> that one was awesome, and you know it. I know, but but yeah, that's that's here's a catch. I think it'll definitely if you guys like it, it'll definitely make a return. Maybe with a different name. Well, you don't like it. Well, I don't know. You're the you're the name guy, so me and Drake went back and forth with names, and I was saying like funky fight, uh dual delusions. What was the don't one I said? One. Drake's delusion. <laughs> no, the um, I like that one. I can't lie. Wrinkle ring wrinkle. wrinkle. <laughs> Wrinkle in the ring. <laughs> or whatever it was. Wrinkle something. I don't know. And I was like, yeah, no. Alternate universe. So, one. yeah, we had some yeah, options. So. But here's catch is where we went with. And I think it's fitting. Definitely. I agree. I like it. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for our first video podcast. I enjoyed it. This is where we're going to be from now on. So, yep. hopefully yeah, you so. guys enjoyed it. Those of you listening on Spotify, we appreciate the loyalty, but you can also check us out here now on YouTube and you get a chance to see us. Those of you on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, follow us here and on Instagram at Mad Talk Sports. Same goes with Spotify. And you know, you'll see us next week. We could finally say it and mean it now. Yeah, you will see us next week.